a follow-up story to a hobo with a bucket of hot diarrhea. What happens when his attacks go viral? And then we travel around the world to follow a myth that has plagued humanity for hundreds of years. No matter what culture you belong to, no matter what language you speak, all parents warn their children about the man with the bag. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. It is Thanksgiving, and I don't know why I always make this mistake, but I gotta remember, I record the episodes the day before, so yesterday's episode should have been the Thanksgiving episode. Yesterday's episode should have been full of Thanksgiving goodness. Instead, I talked about people eating people's fat out of their body, which has been a common theme this week, and it's actually not the end of it. We're going to do... One more story, actually, the origin story, the reason why I started looking at fat-eating monsters to begin with, it all gets wrapped up today. Hopefully, hopefully there's no more gooey, gooey goodness in our future. (laughs) Easily the most disgusting. We've had cryptid week, we've had Bigfoot week, and now we have fat-eating week, which I never, ever thought would actually be a theme. But let's go ahead and get started with our first story. Now, one of my favorite stories I've covered recently is the hobo with the hot diarrhea. The the idea, and I, I know that a lot of people probably thought that was a little disgusting, but the idea that it was hot the idea that the news reports kept saying how the temperature of it that it, it just made it so much more visceral it made it so much more of a compelling story and it was one of those things that when i got done doing it i thought well that'll never happen again i should i should suck all the enjoyment out of that story as possible because that'll never happen again right let's hop in the carpenter copter <laughs> headed up to toronto canada it's november 22nd 2019, 5.20 p.m. Walking through the streets of Toronto, we see a library. Now, I'm not a nerd. I'm going to assume you're a nerd, but I'm not. I don't do none of that book reading. We walk into John P. Robarts, not Roberts, totally different spelling, John P. Robarts Library. I hope some of you guys live in Toronto so you can go on a sightseeing tour of all of this stuff. We walk into John P. Robarts Library, University of Toronto. And there's two people, dudes, women. It doesn't really say the gender of these people, so we're just going to assume it's mixed. It's a man and a woman, just to make it extra, extra shocking, I guess. Because here's the thing. Like, well, okay, I'm not going to spoil the surprise. I think you know where this is going, but we'll get to the man versus woman part of this story in a second. We're standing. We're like peeking behind a bookshelf. We're not going to be in the middle of the story. We're peeking behind a bookshelf, and we see a man walking through the library carrying a bucket. Now, in this story, with the hobo story, I go, I wonder how big the bucket was. In this one, we know how big the bucket is. It is a straight-up, like, 10-gallon paint bucket. Like, something you would buy from Home Depot, which was a joke that I told the first time. This time, we have surveillance photos. So, these two people are sitting there doing homework in the library. Guy walks by with a bucket, carrying a bucket through the library. And then... 
warm liquid just splatters all over their body. Dude runs away. Now, it doesn't take long for the two people to realize they are covered in diarrhea. Somebody walked up with a bucket at 5.20 p.m. and threw hot, not hot, technically this stuff is always considered warm, so I can't use the term hot diarrhea, but this was warm diarrhea just going all over these two people. Obviously, get the authorities involved, the Mounties show up, they're riding their horses through the library, kicking over people, knocking over bookshelves, get out of the way, poop alert. And they take, they actually took samples because the question was, is this human feces? Could you imagine being the rookie on that case? They're like, hey, go, go pick that up. And you're like, I'm pretty sure dogs don't eat corn. There's corn everywhere. And they're like, nah, we still have to take it back to the lab. They're all laughing at him. The veterans are all laughing at that rookie cop. They're pooping more. They're pooping more in the corner. <laughs> but hey, Johnny, I found some over here. Get another sample. November 24th. Two days later, November 24th, it's 5 p.m. I tell you, hey guys, I'll meet you at a library. I'll catch up with you. Why don't you go into the library and do do some reading? Go to Scott Library at York University. Go, go, go. I'll catch up with you. And you're like, okay, I trust you, Jason. You seem like an affable fellow. You would never trick me. So you go into Scott Library, York University. I'm like, make sure you're there at 5 p.m. You're like, okay, thanks. Thanks, my best friend. And so you're reading a book about friendship, reading a book about trust, trusting people. And while you're doing that, a guy walks up and you're like, oh, it must be Jason. I'm going to turn around very slowly with my mouth wide open, about to say hello. So as you're turning around going, hello, (laughs) warm diarrhea, a bucket, a bucket full of warm diarrhea all over you. And in real life, because this didn't happen to you, I don't think, unless you're listening to the show. In real life, dude was sitting at 5 p.m. Scott Library, New York University, covered in liquid diarrhea. Guy runs away. Now, at this point, the police are the police are actively looking for him anyways, because of the first attack. But at this point, they're really trying to figure out what is going on. Like, this is just beyond disgusting. November 25th. One day later, it's 11.55. I think this is 11.55 p.m. I didn't write it down, but we're going to assume it's 11.55 p.m. Simply because I don't... Here's the thing. First attack was November 22nd. Second attack was November 24th. Now it's November 25th. So you had two days between the first two attacks and one day between the second attack and this third attack. How long would it take for you to fill up a bucket full of diarrhea? The homeless man, remember the homeless man in L.A., I shouldn't assume that you remembered that story, but the story in L.A. was homeless. It was a homeless man. It was a single attack with a bucket of hot diarrhea that the firefighter said he must have saved up for a month. This guy has filled up three buckets of of diarrhea, or in the police statement, like in the press release, They use the term liquefied fecal matter because the word diarrhea is just too funny. Here's a tip, too. I learned this a long time ago. If you ever need to call in sick to work, tell them you have diarrhea because it's super embarrassing and nobody ever lies about having diarrhea. You can also even say, I pooped my pants, and then they'll totally believe you because who would admit to pooping their pants if they didn't actually poop their pants? That's a tip. I used to call, I never call in sick nowadays. I used to call in sick all the time. Back when I was young and irresponsible. Now I'm like, ugh, companies depend on me. 
Oh, plus I like the paycheck. What was I talking? Oh, yeah. So, anyways, it's November 25th, and somehow this guy is on his third bucket of poop. The libraries, though, are empty. Books go unread all over the city. Nobody wants to learn anymore. Schools are being shuttered. Now, that's not far from the truth. People were saying, well, you know, I'm going to keep going to the library. I'm just going to keep looking over my shoulder. I'm really, really scared about what's going on. So it's 11.55, and like I said, I believe it's p.m. A young woman is walking down College Street and University Avenue. So whoever this guy is, or was, we'll get to that in a minute, he definitely doesn't like nerds. Every every place he has struck has been an educational place or a street. College Street and University Avenue. So this guy definitely has something against learning. And we actually know who he is. We're working on a suspect now, but we'll get into that. Woman's walking down the street. Dum-de-dum-de-dum. Carrying, I don't know what women carry, a purse, obviously. But I, I've told you about that. I believe there's a conspiracy to not put pockets into women's clothing so they buy purses. Totally think that's, I think that is a legit conspiracy. Walking down the street with her purse and then like, I don't know, holding some books in the other hand. And across the street, diarrhea vision. Oh, 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 just brown dripping vision, target acquired. He is also from a future where diarrhea has taken over the planet. She is going to lead the resistance. He needs to stop her now. He runs up behind this woman with a bucket of warm, fecal, liquefied fecal matter, throws it on her. And runs away. November 26th. One day later, it's 6 p.m. Mountie, Royal Mounted Police, rides his horse into a press conference. (laughs) Hops off the horse, walks up to the mic. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah, the whole whole city is clapping. Nerds everywhere are reopening their books. Libraries are unlocking their doors. They caught this dude. Now, I'm pretty sure, because it's the next day and it was around 6 p.m., I'll bet you anything they caught him brown-handed. I think they probably caught him with handfuls of poop. Because it would... I mean, how else are you going to catch this guy? They did have video footage of him, but you I'm sure they caught him with a bucket of poop walking down the street. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. It turns out he was... It was I don't know if he was a student. 23-year-old Samuel Opuku. Opuku. And it's the video footage, like you can go, all the show notes are going to be there. If you look at the video footage, the surveillance camera footage, he's carrying a bucket. And again, it's like a a giant painter's bucket. And there's like a jacket covering it. And he has a huge smile on his face. And there's a question about whether or not he is... Wait, where was it going with? Now, it's funny because this is a live show and this is normally a part where I, I'm going to have to cut this part out because a lot of this show is the fact that I, however long that was, I think that was 14 minutes according to live stream. This, you guys are getting some behind the scenes stuff here. 14 minutes without any major cuts or mess ups. Um, that would all stay in the show. I t- I'll cut out a little bit in the beginning when I was chatting with you guys. And then... The thing is, the show is pretty, if you guys are kind of seeing what it's like, it's pretty um, stream of consciousness. Like, I'm looking at notes. I have notes taken. And I'm just riffing. And you get to a point where I'll start to riff and go, no, that's that's not where I want to go. Or I don't know what that means. I'm start talking about something that is in a totally different direction. So we cut it out. So this is actually funny because it's not only a live episode. It's kind of like a behind the scenes episode. And now here's a problem I often have. I forgot what I was talking about. 
And because it's the nature of the show, how it is very live, I can't really go back. Let me give you guys a little thing, too. If you'll, yesterday's episode was recorded in two different chunks. Um, The whole thing with the fat sucking, the pish tacos, I recorded that in the morning, along with a very long segment about the meteorite. And a segment about these women who were tricked into doing porn. It's this true crime story going on. This this whole litigation thing. And it was really boring. I like the pish taco stuff, but the first 20 minutes was really, really boring. And I went out. And about eight hours later, I came back home and re-recorded the beginning. And it's interesting because if you listen to that episode, my energy level is way different for the first half because I was thinking about it all day long. I was kind of like, okay, why didn't the episode work? It was really boring. Okay, what can I do to correct it? And so I just kind of came in with a different energy, and it's way more like punchy and funny. And then once I started talking about the pish tacos, the tone completely changes because they were recorded eight hours apart. So I've done stuff like that. But actually going back now and listening to what I previously said and trying to complete that thought. I, I don't do that. I just kind of keep going. So now um, I'll, I'm going to look at my notes here for a second. Oh, so he was really smiling in, and I'll hope that I can edit this in here. So when we look at the video footage of him or the photos that have been taken from the video footage, he has this big smile on his face, which makes me think, here's the thing, like there, cause he could be like, ha ha ha, jokes on you. And he could be like a troll, but that's a lot of effort to, to, to be a troll, to be pooping in buckets over the course of four days. It's most likely a sexual thing. It was most likely most likely he was getting off on it. There's a component, an odd component about it as well, is that why was he choosing the people he was attacking? Some people say it could have been a racial thing because all of his victims were Asian and he was black. But then the Royal County, what are the name of the guys? The Mounties, the Mounties. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police said, we don't think it's a racial thing. So I think they're probably thinking more it is a sexual thing. And these people were just targets of opportunity. But let's go back to the original question that I kind of brought up earlier with the gender thing. If you, as a dude, was sitting at a table and someone threw poop all over you, would do you think that you would be more or less offended than if you were a girl? Like I, I, I think here's the thing: if somebody threw poop at me, I'd probably be mad. But then later on, I'd probably laugh about it. I don't. Okay, maybe not laugh about it. But as the years went by, it would probably be a funny story to tell. But I think if I was a woman and someone threw poop on me, I'd probably be more aggravated. I don't know. That, that, see, here's another, that part was also getting cut out because I could tell as I was saying it, it went absolutely nowhere. It went absolutely nowhere. So, and this one, one of the big weaknesses with the show, honestly, is the, is fixing the stuff, is not fixing the stuff, is figuring out sometimes the ending to a segment transition. I thought everything was going great. For that first 14 minutes, and then the, the wind kind of started losing, just like any sort of act, any sort of riff, the wind starts to fall out of the sails. So, I'm going to cut out the part about the gender, and it's funny because now I'll go back and I'll, edit, I'll either edit the beginning where I said, does it matter if it's a boy or a girl at a table? I may edit that out, but I may leave that, and sometimes I just leave stuff, and then it just goes nowhere. So, we're going to edit that part out as well. I, I, I didn't know if it was going to lead to a joke or some sort of uh, insight into society. It did neither. 
it's it's more funny that it flopped and that it was stupid. So we're gonna go backwards now. So they don't know if it's a racial thing. They don't they don't think it's a racial thing. They think it's most likely a sexual thing. They're not even saying that. But you can't tell me this guy didn't have a, a huge boner. There's no reason why you would do that much work unless it was for a sexual thing. I think either like you're like an artist, a troll, a revolutionary, or it gives you a boner. Those are the only four reasons why you would go out of your way to continue to do this thing. He's being charged with five counts of assault, five counts of mischief interfering with property. That is because I think it's all the poop covering the library stuff. Now, I don't know if I... People have said, like I said, people were saying earlier, this isn't going to stop me from going to the library, but I'll be more aware this would stop me from going to a library. This would stop me from going to any library ever. If I knew there was even a remote chance that while I'm reading like the history of corn, some I'm going to be 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 inundated. Is that a word? Inundated. I know it's a word, but um, inundated. Yeah, like like rains, rains, rains. Um, I, if I knew there was a chance that if I was sitting down reading Charlotte's Web or any book, and I got when I would get covered in poop, I would no longer go to the library. That is probably the biggest. Oh, what is going on? Okay, so. You guys are really seeing the back end stuff. I that is probably the biggest drawback I would ever have to go in a library. That was terrible. So we're gonna edit that out as well. We'll probably edit out that whole thing. Speaking okay, so now we have to come up with a segue, and I don't remember where I was at. Let's see here. So in the end, though, regardless of his motive, he's getting charged with five counts of assault and five counts of mischief interfering with property. And in and, and the hobo story before, they did have an issue with the victim having to be treated for, like, infectious diseases, because feces contains a lot of disgusting stuff, obviously. They didn't say that here, but I'm assuming they also had to get all of those tests done and everything like that. This guy wasn't homeless, so I'm going to assume that the poop was not as disgusting, but still. Any... any Anybody's poop would be gross. I, if it was your own poop being dumped on you. I remember that movie. What was it? Not 10,000 BC. That was the one by Roland Emmerich. They did that movie with the two kids. It had um, Michael Sarah in it. And then was it Jack Black? They were cavemen. And they were fighting Jesus or something like that. Um, 1 AD or 10 AD or 10 BC or whatever. And there was a scene where they were tied up. One of them was, they're both in prison. So one's tied, one's chained up, head head up, like a normal human. The other one's hung upside down. And the one who's hung upside down starts peeing all over himself because he has to go to the bathroom. It was just a dumb sight gag. But I did wonder, could you, and I think I might have asked this on the show before, could you poop upside down if you're laying upside down, if you're hung upside down? Could you poop? And I've actually asked various people that. I'm the worst person to, if you're a doctor, I'm the worst patient to walk in there. Because I don't think I've ever asked a doctor if you can poop upside down. But once I asked, and I might have told this story before, once I asked the nurse, if my head, she's taking my blood pressure, and I go, if my head got chopped off right now, what would, what would my blood pressure show? And she's like, uh, I think you, I think that's more of a question for the doctor, i.e., don't talk to me, weirdo. And then the doctor came in. You think I would have learned my lesson, but I don't. Doctor walks in. I go, hey, I have a question for you. 
if my head got chopped off what would, and you were taking my blood pressure, what would happen? And the doctor looks at me and he goes, hmm, it's an interesting question. He goes, actually, your blood pressure wouldn't drop to zero right away because it'd still have a couple pumps left. He goes, but it would drop a lot and then eventually go. He actually gave me a legit answer because I thought it was like if you poked a hose in a hole, all the pressure's released. And he's like, yeah, but it's not immediately released. Like it just slowly lowers. He goes, but that's an interesting question. Not many doctors, <laughs> not many doctors get questions like that. Can you poop upside down though? I don't know the answer to that question. But what I do know the answer to the question is what actually, I'm going to give it up to you guys because this is a live episode and I think we're going to make it a little bit longer. So I'm looking at my comments here. I'm going to do a bonus story for this episode, for this special episode. And I'm going to let you guys vote on it. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to vote on it. I have the main story about the Bagman, but right now, I'll let you guys vote on this. We can either do a story about a man who was possessed by multiple demons because he was playing Scrabble. It's not that's it's not as funny as the title begets. It's a story of human misery. Or the conspiracy theory about the Pope bringing an ancient idol into Vatican City and bowing before it. So you guys can vote on that. I got one vote for Pope, two votes for Pope, three votes for... Okay, there we go. Let me look over my notes here real quick. So this one, I'm going to warn you guys, especially you live guys. So, you know, I don't talk about politics on the show. I obviously follow politics. It's a thing. This, it's possible that this story, I could start to veer into a little political thing. And... Um, generally, I cut it out if I start to get too political, but just let just letting you guys know, um, I don't think so, but we're, we'll probably get into a little bit about the fractures in the church, and that can lead into politics and stuff like that. So, We are leaving behind Toronto, Canada. Cut. So I, let me actually segue this for the people who are going to listen to this on the podcast. So the live people have voted. We're going to do a story about the Pope. So let's all hop back into the Carpenter Copter. You're wiping yourself off. I'm giving you a couple of those little... Um, Clorox wipes so you can wipe the poop off you. You forgot you got pooped on, and I should have made that segment interactive, but no matter what number you picked, you got pooped on. It was just a different consistency. If you picked three, it was extra chunky. We're leaving behind Toronto, Canada, and it's poop-filled libraries. Hop on the Carpenter Copter. We're going to Vatican City. So... landing in the middle of the square people are praying ah nuns are running i'm like get out of the way religious people helicopter coming through landing now it's october 4th 2019 so that's my birthday so imagine me as a 43 year old man (laughs) during this story now the parent now i'm not catholic so there's a lot of terminology that i may use incorrectly if you can believe that (laughs) if you can believe me ever using a word incorrectly on this show There's a thing called like a synod, and that's apparently where all the bishops of a certain area show up. It's a meet and greet. Pope's like, hey guys, what's going on? Doing the secret Pope handshake. And then, I'm sure there actually is a secret Pope handshake. It's really like a religious convention. It's not just a meet and greet. They get around, they kind of set what they're going to talk about and all that stuff. They're like, on on the meetings today, we're going to talk about God, right? And everyone's like, yes. They're like, class dismissed. It's October 4th. This one is the Amazonian Synod. And all these bishops are getting together, and they're going to talk about Amazonia. They're all from South America. And they have, obviously, there are ones from Vatican City as well, other parts of the world. They're not, like, kicking the European bishops out of there. 
But it's mostly focused on the Amazonian thing. Now, before this starts, this is a huge thing. There's, in Vatican City, there's a ritual tree planting ceremony. And this is where it gets a little political. Because right now, the church, there's a schism in the Catholic Church. You have people who are more conservative, who go, Pope? Who actually? See, here's another tip. Sometimes, I realize, I did this whole story... Don't remember what the name of the Pope is, is it? It's not Pius. Here, hold on. I gotta look that up. See, the people who listen to the podcast won't know that I don't know who the current Pope is, because I'll edit it in. It's Francis, right? Yes. So, Pope Francis. I want you to imagine that... Oh, no, whoa. See, that's another thing. I'll cut out jokes that I think are going to be too inflammatory. (sighs) Done with that one. So, let me regain where we were going. So Pope Francis is here for a ritual tree planting ceremony. And you go, oh wait, no, 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 I was explaining the the schism thing. So here's the thing, this is where things may get a little political, is that there's currently a schism in the church where you have a conservative branch of the church saying that Pope Francis is way more commuted, cut. Pope Francis is way more committed to, like, climate justice and all these kind of weird beliefs. And he didn't fight hard enough against abortion in Ireland because they recently voted to make that legal. He doesn't seem to be in line with traditional Catholicism. And then you have another side of Catholicism. It's like, it's 2019. It's, It's time that the church addresses stuff like gender pay gap and climate change and that abortion is... Not, it, it, abortion is a woman's right and all this stuff. So you have this schism in the church. And the problem is, is that when people try to criticize Pope Francis, whether it's a legitimate criticism or not, it's generally seen as, oh, you're just a conservative. And we saw a lot of that pop up during the child sex scandals, which has been something that's plagued Catholicism for all of my life that I can go. I mean, I think it really started in the 80s is when you started hearing about it, but People were criticizing the way he handled that, and the media was like, you're just a conservative, you just don't like him because of the climate change stuff. It got super weird. So what happened was, he, Pope Francis is at this ritual tree planting ceremony, this is in Vatican City. You have people bowing to these statues. These statues of naked women, naked pregnant women. And the religious media was saying, this is a story that I just happened to stumble across on a Catholic website. Because I heard nothing about this. Not on X, not on fringe conspiracy websites, which is X, nowhere. I just kind of stumbled across this. It just happened two months ago. People are bowing to these trees. People are bowing to these statues of these naked women. Pope is sitting there. This is He's not far off. He's like in... There's like a circle. He's sitting right outside the circle. These people are dressed up in in Amazonian clothing, dancing around this tree. It is a ritual. It is 100% a pagan ritual, what's going on. Pope Francis blesses one of the statues. A big part, if you're not a Christian, a big part of Christianity, it's in the... Ten Commandments, it's one of the, it's in like the top five. Actually, the first, really, the first like four or five commandments are, have no other gods before me. It's just saying that in different ways. You don't get into the don't murder stuff until later. You're not supposed to have idols. You're not supposed to have any gods before God. And here you have Pope Francis blessing the statue. So, 
The religious media goes, it was a statue of Mary. Don't freak out. It's just a statue of Mary. But you had the people who don't like Pope Francis, the conservative side of the church, seeing this as just an other symbol of the madness of Pope Francis. This statue, so what it is, and what the people began researching, because they're like, there's something wrong here. Pope shouldn't be where all these people are dancing around for this tree planting ceremony. What does the statue represent? It's called the Lady, Our Lady of the Amazon, or Pachamama. Pachamama, Mother Earth. It's the Earth goddess of, like, the Amazonian people. In the South America region, you have the Amazonians, and you have other people in that region. In their creation myth, they have Pachamama. It's a fertility statue. It's a symbol of Mother Earth. And the Pope's people are like, it is a statue that represents the Virgin Mary. So quit acting like a big old conspiracy weirdo. Now, Pope Francis goes, I really like those statues. I don't know if he actually said that, okay? But he's saying these statues are great. He brings them into a church in Vatican City, which is a a huge controversy. Because now not only is he out in the garden during this ritual, and this is... What I'm telling you is not conspiracy theory. What I'm telling you is photographed and historical. It is new. I'm not talking about stuff that happened in the middle of the night. You can check out these show notes, see photos of him at this fertility ceremony. We're just getting started because he addresses this and everything. No one is saying this didn't happen. No one is saying that this is a straight-up fake news conspiracy. He brings them into a church in the Vatican City. These false idols. These images of Pachamama. And the Amazonian Synod is starting. So that thing, the tree planting ceremony, took place before the official Synod, where you're going to have all these bishops show up. And the thing is, the bishops are not happy about any of this. So, where was I going with this? Oh, okay. So it's October 21st. The statue, there's, I believe there's two statues of Pachamama. They are brought into the church of Traspontina. The church of Traspontina is in the Vatican City. It's not like some third-rate church on the outskirts of town. It's not the off-off-Broadway version of the Vatican Church. It's within Vatican City. Popes and bishops and dudes hang out there all the time. It's basically like a regular church I Anyways, the point is, it's October 21st. Who hangs out of the church is not the point. It's October 21st, 2019. Two dudes, two guys, break into the church late at night, grab the statue. I think there's only one statue at this point. They grab the statue, cut. Two dudes break into the church, grab the statue, throw it in the river. They are hailed as heroes, as people who have stood up to a corrupt pope. Because this obviously is huge news. Somebody breaks into a church, steals a relic of a false god that was put there by the pope. They throw it in the river. So what does the pope do? They fish the statue out of the river. The pope says, he releases a press release. He puts out a press release and he goes, I'm very sorry We meant no disrespect to the people. The statue of Pachamama was not damaged. 
when it was thrown into the water. And, you know what? I may actually have it present at the final mass of the Synod. I just might do that. This story is already a massive controversy in the Catholic Church. But now he's put even more flames on the fire. Not only did he say, not only did he apologize for it, and he's saying, you know, they shouldn't have broken into the church in the first place. That's fine. It's not our property. Someone shouldn't, they shouldn't have been throwing other people's property. Shouldn't have been throwing other OPP's stuff around. He said that he may have them at the final mass before these guys were just sitting in a church. Now he's talking about having them in a mass with him and every other bishop from South America, which people were like, that. you can't have these guys sitting here while you're holding a mass. But he called the statue Pachamama. So there went the entire argument that this was a statue of the Virgin Mary. He knew what the statue was. It was a statue of Pachamama. He was at a ritual for it. He blessed it. He put it in a church, and when it got disposed of, he apologized for it and assured people that Pachamama was not destroyed. Now, again, the people who support Pope Francis goes, oh, no, 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 no. He called it Pachamama because that's what everyone else was calling it at this point. It was shorthand. He he was using the terminology that his enemies are using. Because if he had said, this is a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary, then people would just be confused. He was using the term Pachamama because that's how people think of the statue. A civil war basically starts in the church over this. And again, this news is so huge. The the Catholic Church, what a lot of people don't know, and and, and I could even be ignorant about this as well, but the, the Catholic Church can and has split, and they're actually on the verge of it right now. You could have a breakaway say, this pope is the wrong pope, he's he's going way too far in the other direction, he's doing stuff that is not biblical, so we're going to break away. You had bishops, and that may go, oh, who cares, you know? Eastman Kodak, they split, companies split all the time, religions, you have Sunni and Shiite Muslims and stuff like that. He is the... Wow, SK, thank you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Didn't expect that. Thank you. Um, th- kind of threw me off there for a second. Um, the idea is this. The Pope is the voice of God. So when he's... Do- when It's not like you're like, you suck, I'm, I'm leaving the church. He is the messenger from God. He is that voice, just like how you have the main prophet in the Mormon church. Most other religions don't have these these giant like swords in the ground that are these symbols, but Catholicism does. So for people to go, you know what, that's enough, I'm out, they're basically saying God's voice is wrong. So there's something deeply, deeply wrong going on in that church. I'm not saying there's something deeply going on wrong in the church, but that's the view of it. So, He says we're going to have these statues at this final Mass. And bishops are saying, if I walk into that church and there is a statue of Pachamama, I'm leaving. I'm out. And this starts going around. And other bishops start signing 
a what not a poll what's the word not a declaration it's a um petition petition starts signing a petition saying pope voice of god <laughs> the person who communicates with the almighty if you do this i will not show up at this final mass and pope is mum on whether or not these statues are going to be there October 27th, 2019. It's the closing mass of the Synod. The statue is not there. There are no statues of Pachamama. But, you have this huge Catholic ceremony. You have this mass. Did I ever tell you guys I went to a private Catholic school? So I, I did have to do all that stuff. You're like, Jason, don't go on a segue now. This is the this is the conclusion of the of the show or of this segment. Don't start going off in random stuff now. So I won't. It's October 27th. It's closing mass. The statues are not there. But in the middle of this Catholic ceremony, in the middle of this mass stuff. They have a native woman walk up carrying a bowl of what's known as Pachamama plants. It's like a fertility plant representation of the statue. And she walks up and she puts it on the altar in front of the church. They have a pagan ceremony during this synod. <laughs> basically here's the here's the thing they say hey the pope's like hey man you said no statues i gave you no statues but you didn't say nothing about no plants like i mean come on and then you know the bishops are saying one of the weirdest things about all of this is the pope doesn't seem to care he doesn't seem to really it doesn't disturb him either way it's not disturbing to him that they're, that anyone's upset, and it's not disturbing to him that they're having these pagan ceremonies. It just doesn't seem to care either way. But the controversy isn't over. This is how I found out about it. This is how I found about it. Chime Chili, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm getting donation. I got a $20 donation from SK and a $20 donation from Chime Chili. I really, really appreciate that, guys. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it's not what I expected. It's not what I... I don't want to... Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. That's totally awesome. It's totally awesome. When I think about when I started doing this show, it was just such a... I don't know. It's come a long way, and I really appreciate you guys listening to it and supporting the show. Um, it just means a lot. So I appreciate it. It's Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. November 12th, 2019. You have priests, you have scholars begin signing a new petition called the Protest Against Pope Francis's Sacrilegious Acts. And here is a quote. Let me get this quote. I got to get this set up here. Where's my thought not? Thank you very much for your donation. Really, really appreciate it. Let me. This is the thing. A lot of times I will. Um, get quotes, and then I'll have to reread them and see if, they, at the time when I'm doing my research, sometimes I'll just grab quotes, and then as I'm going through it, because the story obviously morphs. This one, I was up in the air whether or not I was going to plan it to do it today, 
but the stories co- are constantly morphing. So, um, sometimes I'll include quotes and sometimes I won't, but let me take a look here. What's the quote here? Okay, so here is the quote. Here's the quote from uh, Bishop uh, Mutsarts. Mutsarts sounds like a um, Pokemon. He's some dude from the Netherlands, but he's some bishop. He's some high-ranking Catholic bishop, but he sounds like someone that would lose to Pikachu. Mutsarts. Mutsarts. Whatever. Sorry, dude. Here's his quote. If you read the working document of the so-called Amazon Synod, It really seems that the intention is for the Synod to wind up in a new religion, a kind of eco-socialism, an amalgam of ecology, climate change, euchemism, which is um, women um, ministers. Actually, no, I think the women ministers is the very probati. But anyways, an um, amalgam of ecology, climate change, euchemism, very probati, consecration of women, and, as an afterthought, Sometimes a mention of Jesus, but then not as the Son of God and Redeemer, Jesus the philosopher, revolutionary, and hippie. So basically, what he's saying, what Bishop um, Mussarts is, <laughs> is saying, is that this seemed to be the first step in radically change, or actually, as people think Pope Francis has been trying to do this for a while, but trying to blend the Catholic Church with this pagan-type religion, turning Jesus into a uh, freedom-loving, which he was a freedom-loving dude, but like a plant-loving hippie dude, and focusing on the ecology, the climate change, which they did talk about during the Synod. And I'm not saying that those aren't bad issues to discuss. You can talk about that stuff, but people feel like uh, you should be talking about Jesus. You should be talking about saving people's souls rather than saving, you know, saving money by not fracking or whatever. Okay, let me try that one again. They basically that uh, the Catholic Church should focus more on like saving people's souls than saving the environment. That's kind of how people feel about it. And you can do both. The problem is, is that he's thinking that this Bishop Mutsarts and all these other priests are thinking they're focused way too much on the environmental stuff. Thank you very much for the donation, Barfian Man. That means a lot. In the future, please lower the noise gate. It's coming in off at the beginning of some words. I don't have a noise gate, actually. This technical questionnaire. I don't have a noise gate on this. Um, that might be part of it. I don't know what it is, but I apologize if they're having, if you guys are fighting any, um, if you guys are having any trouble hearing this stuff, I apologize. So, they're putting out that statement of protest, the protest against Pope Francis's sacrilegious acts. Now, what's funny is this has, keeps spiraling out of control. This situation keeps spiraling out of control. On November 11th, the president of Bolivia got overthrown. It's funny because I stumbled across this story and it did end up becoming like this globe trotting adventure. Uh, November 11th, the president of Bolivia, Evo Morales, gets kicked out of office. That's a whole other just long story, corrupt government. But while he was in government, he is like, hey, have you met, have you met my new buddy? Have you met my new pal? Pachamama. And he, this president was also talking about Pachamama in the palace. 
after after the rev so you have this revolution go on president leaves they put in a new person in power some guys break into the office and destroy pachamama statue and then they sent out a release or they left a video maybe they were wearing ski masks holding a smash statue but they made the statement bolivia cut they made the statement pachamama will never return to the palace bolivia belongs to christ so it's you're having this full on I use the term civil war civil I I used the term civil war earlier but you have like this struggle where people are raiding offices raiding political offices raiding churches getting rid of statues they're taking physical action and this is how I found out about this story we're going to wrap it up like this This is how I found out about the story on December 6th Four exorcists have declared... Wait, December 6th hasn't happened yet. This is how I found out about the story. I saw a news article that just kind of popped up as I was kind of moving around the internet. Four exorcists has declared that December 6th is going to be a day of prayer for the Catholic Church. You're like, that's every Sunday. That's every day if you're an old Italian woman. Every day is a day of prayer. Excuse me. Thank you, Bishi Bashi. Thank you so much for the donation. And everyone else, I'm going to read through your comments. I've been kind of looking over at the comments, but I'm definitely going to dig through them later. And I have gotten some story suggestions out of them and stuff like that, so I really appreciate that. These four exorcists have declared that December 6th should be a day of prayer. And they left this. This is how they started off their speech. They should really let you know how people are viewing this whole situation. In light of the recent events regarding the Pachamama ritual in the Vatican Gardens. That's when I was like, because I was like, oh, these exorcists are going to pray for the church. What's going on? When I read that first sentence, I'm like, what? And then I, I went and I did all that research because I was like, what? Is, they assumed you know what the Pachamama ritual was. I read that. I was like, what are they talking about? And then all this just news kind of poured out. In light of the recent events regarding the Pachamama ritual in the Vatican Gardens, the subsequent procession of the idol into St. Peter's, as well as placing the idols in St. Maria and Transpontina Church, we are reminded of the words of St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 10.20. Do I say what do I say that what is offered and sacrificed to idols is anything or that the idol is anything but the things which the heathen sacrifice they sacrifice to devils and not to God and I would not that you should be made partakers with devils so he's basically these four exorcists come out guns blazing the Pope is partaking with devils. Here's the next quote. This, this is also in their press release. The Psalms 95, uh, what would that be? Book chapter 95, verse 5. Tell us that all the gods of the Gentiles are devils, but the Lord made the heavens. These events bring home the reality that Our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power, 
against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness in the high places. These events bring home the reality that we are in spiritual warfare, and that warfare is happening within the church itself. We are therefore encouraging all Catholics who recognize the evil of the events to join us in a day of prayer and penance on December 6th for the purpose of driving out any diabolical influence within the church that has been gained as a result of these recent events, along with other events. Shots fired. Like, just by the Pope doing this, is in consort with devils, and has opened the church up to demonic possession. The Catholic Church could fracture within our lifetime. I mean, it is very possible that the next generation will have a radically different Catholic Church instead of this giant monolith type of thing. Which, again, with that much money and that much power at stake, it could get bad. It could get real bad. I mean, we talk about, oh, civil war, liberals and, and conservatives in America. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, that I would put my money more that there would be a shooting war over the Catholic religion before there'd be a shooting war in America. But, um, I mean, when, when yeah, they're calling on on Catholics to pray that the Pope isn't possessed by the devil too much. So that'll be December 6th. If you're a practicing Catholic and you, I almost said practicing cactus. If you're a practicing Catholic and you believe that the Pope has strayed, December 6th is the day to pray about it. Um, Insane. Um, We'll keep following that story though, but we are now going to move on to our final story of our special Thanksgiving episode. Let's go ahead. We're hop back in the carpenter copter. Actually, you know what? We're close enough. Let's just hop in the Jason Jalopy. We'll drive from Vatican City. We are going to Spain. We're going back in time. We're going to June 28th, 1910. We're headed to a little region called Gador, which sounds like some really kind of cool place in Middle Earth. I had a really weird um, Mandela effect thing the other day because I was re- doing all the, I've re- you notice all week have been stories that take place in Spain and they kept referring to stuff like I should know it. It was really weird. They would be like, oh, this person lived in Alantasia. I'm like, what the hell's Alantasia? What is that? And then I was looking into it, and I'm like, oh, it's some province in Spain? Why did you assume I would know that? It didn't even say, like, Alantasia, Spain. It was just, like, the traveler. From, I was like, what? I was like, did I get teleported to a reality where I should have all this information? We're going to Gador. It's June 28th, 1910. And there's a man there named Francisco Ortega L. Moruno. He's diagnosed with tuberculosis. He's diagnosed with tuberculosis. A death sentence, really, back then. And not a great, not a great sentence to hear nowadays either. It's not like you're like, yes, just tuberculosis. It's still pretty rough. 
I wonder if you can get tuberculosis by swallowing someone's diarrhea. I wonder if, I mean, it's not something that I want to test. It's not even something I want to Google. But I wonder, I mean, it's mucus-based, right? There's a lot of mucus and poop. Anyways, nothing to do with the story. This guy ends up, he's like, oh, I'm tired. I got the consumption. My lungs, my lungs are full of blood and mucus or whatever, Jason, thanks tuberculosis is. All of my knowledge of tuberculosis comes from Moulin Rouge, Tombstone, and then one of my relatives had tuberculosis a long time ago. You think I would have listed that one first, but I remember I was told my uncle had tuberculosis and I was like, oh, I hadn't seen Moulin Rouge or Tombstone yet, so I didn't really know what that meant. Anyways, Francisco is sent to another dude named Francisco. So we're going to call his name's Francisco Leona. So we'll call him Leona from here on out. Leona's one of those healers, one of those old men who's like not a doctor, not like, you know, like a, a like a, a a snake oil salesman, like a fake guy. But you'd be lucky if this guy this wouldn't be a story if he was a snake oil salesman. He's actually a human fat expert. And this is how I got started on my whole story about Spain having a problem with sucking people's fat out. This was, this is where the origin story, this is the prequel. And this one, I'm doing a little true crime setup, and then we're going to wrap it up with an absolutely bizarre phenomenon. An absolutely bizarre phenomenon. So Francisco goes to Leona and says, hey man, can you get rid of my tuberculosis? And Leona goes... I can, but you're going to have to pay me some of that sweet, sweet... I think it's called reals, reals or whatever. It doesn't exist anymore, so it doesn't matter. He goes, you're going to have to pay me some of that sweet, sweet Spanish currency. Because I have the cure for you. But we're going to need some We're gonna need some stuff. And Francisco's like, whatever, whatever you need. Because I don't want to die of tuberculosis. And uh, Leona goes, sure. And all we need is to kill a little boy. He goes, I'm sorry, wait, what did you say? Was that possible? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just uh, kill a little boy and take his fat. Wait, what? But he was actually on board. Because when he finally did go, we have to kill a little boy and take his fat. Francisco goes, that's what I thought you said. Okay, cool. I'm totally down with that. I thought you said kill a cat. You know what I've never... I Oh, God, I hate it when people go, Oh, I could kill a human. But I can never hurt an animal. I call them out all the time. All the time. When somebody says... I go, no, you can't. I might have, might have said that on a previous... I go off on tangents all the time and then end up editing them out for time. I've gotten to the point where people, when they go... Is, uh, people tell me all the time they could murder other people. And my answer used to just be ignoring them. I never I never really... Because everyone's... Oh, you know, I could, if I could, I'd take human life. And now I actively challenge them. I go, no, you couldn't. Now, to be fair, the people I'm doing this to aren't like six-foot-tall bikers. Not they don't have like teardrop tattoos on their faces, little little tattoos on the inside of their hand. No, these are people who have never even been in a fist fight in their life. They'll be like, you know, like I'd have the darkness inside of me. I don't know if it's because they know that I read true crime and stuff like that. But it's not impressing me. Oh, I have the darkness inside of me. I could take a human life. If and I'll be like, no, you can't. I'll straight up tell them, no, you can't. And they'll be like, yes, I could. I could totally. And I'll say, listen, I'll give, the, I'll give you this. If someone broke in your house and it was a life or death situation, you could probably take them out. You probably wouldn't worry about that. But you could in no way plan and execute a murder. And, and then I, they start to interrupt me and I go, and, and 
live with it afterwards. There's no possible way you can do that. I could. I got the darkness inside of me. And then I'll usually say, okay, uh, let's go to the animal shelter and you can pick up a cat and drown it. Whoa, no, no. I would. I've had this conversation so many times. It's so bizarre. I don't. I don't know if people are trying to impress me. By first off, I'm not impressed by someone who can murder somebody else. Um, gorillas can kill each other, and yeah, that's pretty cool because they're super strong. But I'm not. I, I that doesn't impress me. The fact that you think you're some like dark avenging angel or just some psychopath or whatever. You watch too many episodes of Dexter. I I don't. It does not impress me. But I'll and I'll always go. Okay, well then you know go kill an animal, and they'll be like, which I do not advocate killing animals, obviously. And they go. Um, no, 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 I can never hurt an animal. Animals are without sin, and they're precious. And I'm thinking, well, you've never never been bitten by a snake, then have you? And the, but anyways, but a human sins, and a human does bad things, and all that stuff. And I go, listen, the, you know, uh, the Russian special forces, they give you a cat when you start. And at the end of training, you have to snap the cat's neck. And he, and with uh, U.S. Special Forces, they do the same thing, but it's a chicken. You're given a chicken, a little baby chicken you have to raise. And at the end of the training, you have to kill it. That That is just the... You have to have no... You, it's really, really difficult to walk up behind somebody and stick a knife in the back of their head. It's incredibly hard. It's evolutionary. It's something that has to be trained into us. So no, you can't just walk down the street and kill somebody. Why was... Why are we talking about this killing people uh killing cats oh oh because yeah i was making a joke about this guy would be fine with killing a boy but wouldn't want to kill a cat that's okay that's where that came from anyways that's keeping it a little light because now where the story gets really dark leona (laughs) goes and he gets a guy he hires a sidekick an assistant now you are about to commit a crime where you have to kill a young child for a cure of a disease. Would you? This is a rhetorical question. Because this guy obviously hired this guy. But would you? Hire a guy. Named Julio El Tonto Hernandez. Now if you speak Spanish. You can you, you saw the trick in there. Because. Julio El Tonto Hernandez. El Tonto. Means the fool. So why would you, hmm, I need to commit the perfect crime and not get caught. I'm about to kill this boy and take his fat out. I'm going to hire a guy whose nickname means idiot. But he does. He gets Julio down to the schoolyard. And Leona, they go out. They kidnap this seven-year-old boy named uh, Bernardo Gonzalez Parra. And this is one of those heartbreaking things. He's at the river with a bunch of other kids. And Leona and El Tonto are like, hey, kids, who wants to uh, help us pick peaches? And Bernardo goes, I'll do it. And you have to, how horrible is that? Like, it's one thing when a kid's walking down the street and they get kidnapped and stuff like that. And you're like, as a parent, that's such a painful moment. This isn't funny. This this is terrible. I think it's even more painful in a group of kids because then all, everyone's kind of afraid. Like it could have been anyone's kid. I don't know. That that, that segue was super dark. Ugh, there's a reason why I don't like doing true crime, but this is leading somewhere. He ends up, they end up killing the kid and they end up taking out his fat. And I'm not going to go into details about how he's murdered or anything like that. 
That's really not the point. The point is, is that this boy was murdered and they take out his human fat. And they use it. They take out the, like all this gooey fat and then they just put it on Francisco's chest like it's that vapor rub. And they just rub it around and they go, put this on your chest, leave it here, your tuberculosis will be cured. What? You're not even going to like ground it up and turn it into some sort of magical paste? You're just going to put kid fat on me i think you got lazy halfway through i think he realized that he was just wanted some money because he ended up if my math is correct leona ended up getting paid like eighteen thousand dollars for this work not like american money but if if my math is correct because this currency doesn't exist anymore so i had to do some weird stuff plus i'm terrible at math but the idea is this they put the compress on. Now, he gets the money, and Leona gives some of the money to El Tonto. And then El Tonto goes, oh, I want more money. And Leona goes, this is just classic true crime blundering. Um, Leona goes, no. So El Tonto goes to the police and says, the other day I was out chasing partridges around. I was looking for little birds to catch in my hands. And I found a body. And I'll show you where it's at. And so he leads the cops out there. And this is so depressing. This will happen from time to time. I'll be doing a segment. And I'm like, this, this isn't funny. This is, this, is, this is kind of sad. But anyways, we're almost to the creepy stuff. I mean, that stuff's all creepy as well. But he leads him to the body. I'm going to start speeding through this because it can get a little boring. The cops realize that uh, Leona is known in town for being a black magician. They see this body has what seems to be ritual attack, murder, stuff like that. They go, they arrest Leona. Leona implicates El Tonto. They both implicate each other. Everyone's found guilty. Francisco is found guilty as well. He dies in prison. And everyone else is hung, except El Tonto. He's considered too insane, and he's pardoned, because he's an idiot in the end. So why am I telling you that story? We got done with Spanish Fat Week. Why am I telling you that story? Because that story got wrapped up in the man with the bag, or the bag man. Leona is considered one of the typical Spanish bagmen. So what's the bag man? You know, in those movies where it's like there's the conspiracy theorist guy and he's like tying the string up on the board and he has all the newspaper articles. Or when you're watching a movie, a horror movie like Sinister and they're like, here's the locations of the 10 last demon attacks and here's the location of the last 10 families that go missing. And you put a little overlay, they appear. That's how I felt about this Bagman story. So we're going to leave behind Leona, because that's just an example. That's a real-life example where people goes, he was a Bagman. He was the old man with the bag. And he was also considered a real-life version of a Sacramenteca. So that's kind of wrapping up the whole Spanish fat expedition. All over the world, there's a story of a man with a bag. And you may go, Jason, that's fine, okay? I don't care. It's not affecting my life. When we look at stories like Chupacabra, 
Chupacabra is something that exists. It doesn't exist. It's t- totally proven to be false, but it, the legend exists in South America and the American Southwest. There's no stories of a Chupacabra in Greenland or Australia. Fairies, little magical imps, exist in Northern Europe, Greenland, but you don't hear similar stories in Mongolia. The Yeti, the Bigfoot, only appears in certain parts of the globe. But there is one creature that is everywhere. And not only is it everywhere, it is described exactly the same. A fairy in Northern Europe is different than a gnome-type creature in South America. The abominable snowman, the Yeti, is different than the American Bigfoot. Europe, South America, Asia, Haiti, Africa, Spain. El Hombre del Saco. The man with the sack is how he's known in Spain. South America, El Vijo del Saco. The old man with the bag. Hungary. Zaskos Ember. Person with the sack. Lebanon. Abu Aikis. The man with the bag. Vietnam. Ong Bob B. Mr. Three Bags. India. Bori Baba. Father Sack. Sri Lanka. Ghani Billa, sack kidnapper. You could not get any different as far as regions go between Vietnam and Tunisia, Tunisia, Algeria, Buchkar, Bagman. All of these regions, all of these countries have these stories of a man with a bag. You can't get any different. You can say, sure, the stories of a bagman in Spain being the same thing as a bagman in Northern Europe. It was cultural contamination. It was people. The Sri Lanka, Hungary, Lebanon, South America. There is not a region in the world where there have been human settlements where there is not a story of a bagman. What's interesting is that these stories are so universal. And they're not considered a cryptid, a spirit, a demon, but a maniac. A man who exists for one purpose, to steal children. Jason, Jason, but there were kidnappers. That's part of real life. Kidnapping for the sake of kidnapping is a fairly recent event. When we're talking historically, most kidnapping was done for food, for money, but just to kidnap, even kidnapping for like sex is f- in, a, in a scale is more recent than, I mean, yes, yes, cavemen did bash each other's heads in and take their wives and stuff like that. I'm talking about like the lone predator, the creepy kidnapper. This stuff is all fairly recent in human development, but all of these Cultures have a story about a man with a bag. 
They all believe it to be human. But it's so weird that it's always the same type of character. And what's interesting, too, is we all know about the most famous Bagman, Santa Claus. So, we sell the, the Bagman is so ingrained into human culture that one of children's greatest heroes is a man with a bag. So, what is it, what is it about that imagery? What is it about that that... You can have some, here's the thing. If there was, if it was just the story of the, the neighborhood weirdo in Sri Lanka, it would be neighborhood weirdo in their language. And in, you know, in English, it would be something else. All of these words describe a man with a sack. And all of these characters, they're old, they're evil, they're indigenous. So it's not like the, um, Pish tacos that started off as a white conquistador. These are all in Sri Lanka. It is a person of that ethnicity with a sack taking children. But you go to Hungary, it's someone, it's a Hungarian with a sack taking children. Not just any children, by the way. They take disobedient children. And you go, Jason, that's, you're kind of shooting holes in your own argument. Actually, Jason, I don't even know what the argument is yet. Well, I'm building to that, but the idea is this. Be good, kids, or the sack man will get you. And not only that, is in a lot of these regions, the parents willingly give their children to this man with a sack because they're bad. In the Netherlands, who have their own version of the sack man, they take... This is... <laughs> This is one of the weirdest connections, and I feel like I feel like I'm still tying string up on a bulletin board. All of these places have stories about a man with a sack, and yes, people have really used sacks. The story that I just told you, the true crime story, one of the things I glazed over actually, what glossed over, I think is the word, not glazed over. That's what you do to a donut. Is that they use chloroform to take out that little boy, threw him in a sack. Tossed him in a sack, carried him away. But I still, I still feel like I'm. I still feel like everything's connected. In the Netherlands, their version of the sack man, you get kidnapped, and you get taken to Spain. Be good, kids. Otherwise, you're going to end up as a Spanish guy, and actually. Sometimes they take you and they turn you into a black dude in the Netherlands. You go in the sack and you become one of Center Claus's helper, which is Black Peter. So that's just a whole whole weirdness involved there. You are bad in the Netherlands. The more the, if you're bad in the Netherlands, you go to Spain and I think the implication is you become Moorish. And then you are traveled back up to the Netherlands to help Center Claus hand out gifts. Yet another bagman in this whole mythology I think that the bagman is real I think that the bagman is a boogeyman <laughs> I think that the bagman is a boogeyman that is so it's a 
It's basically a cryptid that is so hyper-evolved, it's everywhere. It's undetectable. Not only do people not perceive it as being a cryptid or some sort of mythological creature, it's that they see it as being human. A weird human. A creepy human. And they see it as something fully integrated into their society, their their myths. Nobody ever says, well, maybe some parents do, go to bed, otherwise the boogeyman's going to eat your brains. But people will say, you better go to sleep or the bagman will get you. I've heard stories about the bagman when I was a kid. And if it was just something that was in one region of the world, I would think it was just a goofy story like the melon heads that people told, big brothers passed down through generations. But the story of the bagman has existed for hundreds of years across the globe. That is not a coincidence. It's not even a coincidence that all these stories involve somebody kidnapping people and using a bag. Am I reading too much into this? I just think it's so... I think there's something true about this. I think there might be something living in human society that has remained so undetected for so long that people use it to frighten their children. But when in in reality, it's something that could... It would be the equivalent of if there was a rabid dog in your neighborhood, and then you use that to be like, hey, Billy, you better come home before the streetlights come on. You heard about that rabid dog escaping the neighborhood. It doesn't mean that the rabid dog's not dangerous. It's simply that you're using it as a tool. I have believed, and I said this a very long time ago on the on the podcast, that I think that the boogeyman is real. But I, I, and I said, because every culture has a version of the boogeyman. But really, that was kind of a vague statement. I couldn't really back that up. I can back this up. Every culture has a story about a man with a bag who kidnaps children. Every culture has a story about a man with a bag who kidnaps children. Not just a man who kidnaps children. Because that would just be something... That just happens, unfortunately. All of these people, it is built into their name. The man with the bag. The sack man. The person with the sack. Father sack. Mr. Three bags. Sack kidnapper. It is built into the name. That is not a coincidence. There is something out there in human society that hunts children and carries them away with a bag. The boogeyman is real. He exists. And we could use him to get kids to behave and do their homework and eat their vegetables and stuff like that. It doesn't negate the fact that every culture on the planet has a story about a malevolent figure that kidnaps children and puts them in a sack. The best cut, the best case scenario is that it is just a legend that adults think is funny and it's useful, and they tell it. And every so often, a real-life murderer like Leona puts a kid in a bag. And it reminds people, young and old, 
that the Bagman is real. But just that guy, the legend, the boogeyman, is still a child's myth. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that someday you could be walking through your neighborhood alone and you hear someone walking behind you. Heavy footsteps, old footsteps, ancient footsteps. And when you turn around, you see nothing there. And when you turn forward to continue your journey, black felt cloth blocks your vision. You feel yourself being lifted off your feet by an impossibly strong creature of old. The worst case scenario is you end up in the bag. And then the bag is opened. And the next thing you know, you're in Spain. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm so glad you listened to it today. Thank you for watching the live Thanksgiving stream. Sorry about the technical problems in the middle of it, but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a happy Thanksgiving. I will see you next week. No, thank you, guys. Thanks for um, watching the live broadcast. That was really cool. That was actually a lot of fun. Um, definitely had a different energy to it. That Pope story, I, I, I think, was probably the longest part to it. But um, I'm glad you guys stuck around. No, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. That was totally awesome. I had a lot of fun. And uh, I got my dead rabbit. I don't know if you guys have been able to see this, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to freestyle. I never got big into freestyling. Yeah, there's my dead rabbit merch shirt right here. Check that out. Thank you, Sephora. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. There was something else I was. No, I'm not gonna freestyle. I that was I never freestyled back when I did that. Um, there, I always said there's I had nothing to gain and everything to lose freestyling. So I just never, never got into it. That post story was good. I I stumbled across that. And it was one of those stories, like, I was like, what is going on? And it's funny, I actually today got a lead on another story involving the Pope and an idol. But um, I didn't want to give that one away. That was actually a recommendation, because um, I haven't done research on it. I just kind of looked into it and stuff like that. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, I'm going to go back and I'll read through these um, these comments and everything like that. And I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show. I'm trying to think there was I thought there was something else I was going to do. Yeah, sorry about the internet, uh, which I kind of expected on Thanksgiving. Probably a lot of people were streaming and stuff like that and all that stuff. But um, yeah, that was a good hour and a half long episode. Um, But there was a technical issue. But yeah, I'm glad you guys stuck around for that. I I was thinking about doing something else after this. Um, Oh, okay. So here. I'll give you guys the options of doing this. I don't think it'll be as... I don't know how exciting it will be. I don't I don't know how exciting it will be. But um, if you want, maybe for like another short amount of time, 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think if I want to even propose this because um, I still got to edit this episode. Because um, I thought about um, like watching something with you guys, but I don't know about the copyright stuff. So I think we're going to... Oh, no. I'm all storied out, Broken. Broken Vesuvula. Um, like, that was a long episode. Um, and I still got to edit it. The Scrabble Demon will save till next week. But yeah, I think we are going to, um, yeah, I was thinking about like watching some like short, scary movies with you guys, but I don't know how like that it would affect like the channel as far as like copyright and stuff like that. I don't want to get a bunch of copyright strikes. The channel's still pretty new. Um, so yeah. But I think that I am going to, um, at this point, go and take care of some stuff. I might, what is, I might be on tomorrow night, because now that I got it set up, I think we might do a, a Minecraft live stream tomorrow. I know you guys aren't like a huge fan of those, but I, I like to, I like to play Minecraft every once in a while, but, um, yeah, I, we got that figured out, so. Um, I, and I thought about that, Ian, watching an old public domain horror movie. I mean, we could sit and we could watch Night of the Living Dead. And that's public domain. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't need to end this live stream and start up another one. But it really depends if you guys wanted to watch uh, Night of the Living Dead or something like that. That's public domain. But um, I'll let you guys think about that. I'm going to... Um, I'll be right back. So go ahead and put, go ahead and put in the uh, show notes if you think that's good.